Hello, guys, and welcome to the second ever episode of the Scenic Group Podcast, where we will dive into the stories and the path to success of various individuals in the automotive industry. In this episode, we'll be joined with questionably one of the best photographers in drifting, Larry Chen. Now, I've had the pleasure of working with Larry extensively over the past few years in Formula Drift and capturing lots of photos. And I've been listening to your guys' feedback on the other podcasts about not having enough visuals. So although we did not record the podcast on video, I am going to display some of the photos that we've taken over the past year, some that you guys have seen and some that you haven't. Enjoy. I'm joined here tonight with none other than Larry Chen. Hi, Larry. Hi. I'm excited to have you on, and uh, I think of the guests that I've had, I'm excited to learn your story. I know you from FD. I know you as my favorite drift, favorite car photographer in the world. Everything that you shoot, any shot that you've ever gotten of me is like, like I don't even need to double check to see that it's a cool photo. But I don't know how you got there. I don't know what it took to get there, and I'm hoping maybe we can shed a little light and inspire some people on this podcast. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. The thing is, uh, I've told this story so many times, but I love telling it because there's so many different mediums and so many different uh, fan bases that need to know how to kind of get into this industry, you know. And one of my favorite things to do, like uh, for our YouTube channel, for my personal YouTube channel, we like to show how the meat is made. You know, we like to show the process. Of course, we end up showing the um, final product, but we try to bring the viewers along. So one of the things that I have to say, uh, just kind of observing from the outside and we can get back on track yeah. uh, to talking about what my, my thing, but I'm just so glad that both people like you and I can be full on nerds. You, you kind of see what I mean? Like you are so nerdy into cars and like these JDM parts and rare things and these things that a lot of times were never meant for us, for the U.S. market, mm-hmm. right? And you get so deep into it and then you, I'm so happy as a car enthusiast that there's that many people watching you and just yearning for that content and understanding it and wanting to learn more about it too. And that goes the same for me on the photography side, right? I have so many people that tell me, hey, I started shooting even just this past weekend when we were at Fuel Fest in uh, West Palm Beach. I cannot tell you how many people came up to me and they're telling me, hey, I got into photography, car photography, because I watch your channel. I watch what you do. And I just want to enjoy cars my own way, which is to photograph them. You know, a, a lot of times I like to say, hey, we, na- we may not all be able to have a crazy collection like yours, um, but the point is we can enjoy it in our own way, which is watch your YouTube videos, um, watch your Instagram, follow you on Instagram. And then on top of that, when you're at events, photograph your cars. They can take a piece of that car with them home. And I think that's really important. Um, with that said, you and people like you, TJ, Vonkin Jr., um, Dustin Miles, you know, uh, Cletus, Garrett, Mitchell, all of you guys, all of us, we are doing our part to save car culture and push this agenda. And that's why it's as big as it's ever been, period. Do you agree? I'll be honest. You know, I've, in the time that I've been in the car world, I, it's hard for me to gauge 
how big it is, right? You know, I see fans at Formula Drift and drifting is a fraction of car culture. I'm not a big car show guy, but drifting as a whole, I've seen a lot of growth in the sport starting at OSW when 10 people might show up to an event to drive to now hundreds of people sold out events. It's definitely crazy and it's cool. And I think one of the things that I appreciate the most about the car community is no matter where you go, no matter what country you're in, no matter what state you're in, if someone's in a cars, you're friends. Yes. Unless you're not a true car person and you're a hater, then you might not be friends with them. <laughs> I, I think, you know, the fun thing for me is it's the basic principle of transportation, mm -hmm. right? Um, they were never m meant to be something that has as much emotion as they do. And they maybe they were never meant to be as pretty as they are, as that the way we perceive them. But we've humanized them. You know, we've they've become something greater for us. And uh, it, it's a great vessel for yourself, for me, for so many people in this industry to use as as just this medium, this platform, you know. So with that said, um, you know, growing up, I've been shooting cars for 17 years. And since I started shooting, you know, I've just watched the culture grow and I've watched it become a worldwide thing. Like you mentioned, anywhere in the world you travel to, it could be. Japan, China, Europe, whatever, South America, there, no matter how restrictive car culture potentially can be from the government, there's got, there, they'll find a way, Yeah, you know, they'll find a way to modify them. They'll find a way to enjoy them in their way. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly why I love car culture so much. And that's also why I'm sure, I don't know if people ask you like, Hey, don't you get tired of this stuff or don't you get, <laughs> you know, don't you want to take a break from this stuff? I don't do people ask you that. Yeah. I mean, but like with cars, there's just so many categories, right? Like cars, it's like saying, do you get tired of life? There's so yeah. many different facets to life, just like cars. There's so many different types of cars. There's so many different brands, different categories, different things you can do with them. And it's every new one feels like an entirely different thing. The thing about me is it's um, like, just for example, I think 15 minutes ago, you and I were <laughs> ripping around full speed, full bore, um, in your Evo five, five yeah. right? Evo five. And it, it's like accelerates so fast that I got vertigo from just, I think all my organs getting pushed back into my body. I believe it. Yeah. But, uh, the, the, there's that, you know, there's the drifting aspect of it. There's just so many things, car shows. And that's also another thing I really like to promote. Like, look, if somebody poured their heart and salt into this vehicle and to this project, and it could be something that they've been working on for many years. And it doesn't even have to be expensive. It could be a $500 car. I need to take a second look at it from their perspective, their their shoes. You know, it could be a donk. It could be a drag car. It could be a drift car. It could be a front-wheel drive time attack car. Whatever it is, I want to tell their story. And I want to, I guess, just share their passion. You know, and that's kind of one of the things that keeps me going. And honestly, it makes me feel alive when I'm doing this stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, so rant over. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I, Some deep I like words. To, yeah, I like to go on these tangents, but um, th I think this is a really good platform for this kind of, um, I guess, conversation. You know, uh, you have so many, you have so much access to important people in the car industry of our generation. I think it's really important for you to do this. I appreciate yeah. it. It's, it's cool. You know, it's a lot of people like last night I did one with TJ, right? 
And I forgot the first time we met and the stuff that we've been through together and even just reliving those moments and realizing how far we do go back and how much stuff we've done together and how much we've grown and hearing about all the stuff that's going on with him now and all the things that we're kind of mutually learning together. It's, it's really cool. And I think with everyone's story, it really identifies that, you know, they didn't just get born perfect. Everyone had hurdles they needed to jump through. Everyone had things that uh, the world may not know that, it took them a few failures to get where they are now. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, um, and it's something that I've been talking about recently. You want to talk about peak car culture for all of us. Uh, think about grid life last year at Alpine Horizon. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was the center of car culture that weekend, right? It was you, me, Hurt from Hoonigan, Dustin, um, TJ was there, mm -hmm. Garrett was there. Uh, Vaughn, that's true. Chris Forsberg, Gears and Gasoline. I mean, the list goes on. I don't, I, th there's so many more people, you know, so many more creators. And the fact that we could all do what we do best in one place, in one location um, from all over the U.S. and all across the world to meet in one place uh, honestly just blew my mind. And I kick myself to this day for not gathering all of us for, for like a big group picture. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't ever have like, photos of me and like I, I want to get a photo with you before you leave here because I ne I always forget and it always drives me nuts yeah well with that said um my story I I get on a daily basis and I know you do too mm -hmm. um people asking you hey how did you get to this point what's the shortcut you know, yeah what's the overnight success thing um to do and I don't know what what do you say to people I mean I don't think anyone's ever asked me the overnight success trick or tip. And I, d I definitely have a few tips or tricks that I give people, but I think the bottom line is if you want something quick and easy, you're probably not going to be better than the next guy because someone's willing to pour their life into this and their soul and they're going to be the ones that come out on top. Yeah. And let, let me tell everybody listening uh, a story about when I first met you. Um, I knew you were the real deal because we went to Sebring together on a Michelin trip. I don't know if you remember that all those years ago. You were there? Yeah, I was there. Wow. I know. I know. I'm see. I'm, That's where I'm I first like, met Tommy. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like. That's crazy. I had no idea you were there. I was there with Zach from Hoonigan. And yep. I was doing stills and I was doing video. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. I remember Zach being there. Yeah. I remember you with him. And then um, basically the the scene that really set my outlook on you as a creator, as a person, as a, um, just somebody in the automotive space, we were coming back from a hard day of shooting. Uh, I was shooting all day and, you know, Zach was partying and then we get on the tour bus back to the hotel and we're having drinks, having a good time, you know, just yelling, making all this noise. And then I look over and I see you in your chair just focused editing your video that's going on the tour out. bus yes on the tour bus that is going out i guess in the morning or even that night yeah. whatever and i just thought to myself man i i get it like i i see it you know i see how much you're working and how hard it is as much as you would like to probably relax you know on the bus ride back to the hotel you weren't doing that you were pushing hard and, you know, while I got all my photos out that day and I um, sorted my photos and everything, it, it, we're just doing our own thing at our own pace. And, yeah, it, when people think 
when they look at your videos, when they look at what you're doing on a daily basis and they think, oh my God, this guy's having the time of his life and it's just so much fun and I'm so jealous, all that. They don't see how hard you work. And uh, I think that goes the same, honestly, with what we do uh, as uh, content creators. I, I try to push out so much content all the time, every day, all day, every day. And I mean, I think I'm getting to the point where I'm shooting legitimately 400 to half a million photos a year. Wow. Yeah. Um, because if you think about it, even just yesterday, uh, I shot, you know, with you guys, I shot with um, our buddy Drew with his BMWs. Um, I even shot um, that PSI uh, uh, G80 M3. Mm -hmm. And then today, all day shooting, you know, and the day before, Fuel Fest, all day shooting, um, we pumped out six videos that one day, Wow! which is videos plus photos, plus B-roll, all that stuff. And each video, we really pride ourselves for going super deep into these cars, you know, so we, they start at 15 minutes and go up to an hour per, wow. per car, you know, just because we, we're nerds, you know, we like to really nerd out on them. And then on top of that, we like to show the process of me actually shooting the cars. Um, yeah. So a lot of people ask me, what's the overnight way? And I just tell them like, there's just no, there's no quick way to do it. You know, you can't shoot photos from your couch. You have to go out and actually do them. You have actually have to go to the places. You actually have to travel the world. You have to get out of your comfort zone to get to the cool action, meet the people, be personable, just make friends in the industry. And then doors will open. I, I've been shooting for 17 years. I said it before. Um, and it's been really hard every single year. I started uh, just helping FD teams trailer their cars across country. I slept on hotel room floors. I did anything and everything to get to these events, you know, because I couldn't, in the beginning, I couldn't afford a plane ticket and I couldn't afford to get my own hotel room, all of that. And there was even a point where I would go to like the SEMA show. I would have to sleep on a different floor every single night because it's like I, I would sleep on someone's floor and they would say, oh, hey, so-and-so is coming to visit. So even the floor space is not available, you know? Yeah. So if the show was five days, I would have five different floors to sleep on. Um, no air mattress or anything like that. But I was so hungry. I needed to be there at all costs. You know, I would even sleep in my car if it, it uh, came down to that point, you know. Um, but it seemed like it worked because, you know, being at all these places and being in the cool action allowed me to push my craft and a series like Formula Drift allowed for that. You know, they, I wouldn't say they gave me free reign, but they really let me uh, practice shooting and it gave me purpose to push hard and create art, especially because the people that inspired me were the people shooting alongside of me. You know, we love kind of almost always one-upping each other. So, and I had so much pride in being able to shoot just as good or if not better than some of these other people. Even though, honestly, I look at my photos or and I look at my skill set, I may not be the best technically, 
but I'll stay out there way longer than you and I'll show up earlier and I'll stay later and I'll sacrifice sleep, all of that. I'll even sacrifice my health just for a better chance at getting a better photo. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what it takes, you know? So I put myself out there and then on top of that, the funny thing is when I started, there wasn't social media, you know? So when I was taking these photos, I would have to email people photos and it's like i get like an email list going like hey i shot this event check out these photos that's crazy yeah and i would post in forums and i would go to like the drift forums i would go to um whatever car show forums if i shot a car show i would post them in the forums at as high resolution as i could uh, because one of the things that i realized when i was growing up i loved downloading images of these cars like for example I remember having um, the, I don't know if you remember, the R34 Bayside Blue press release photos, like the initial photos from Nissan. I know which ones you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so it's like on a skid pad, and it's almost like blue hour. And I, I see these photos, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have these in as high resolution as possible. So when I started shooting, I started, I wouldn't say giving away these free photos, but... I would allow people to use them for what they need to, for, to enjoy them, mm -hmm. you know? So then I noticed people would share them more and more and more and more. And then one of the comments that I would always get is like, how is it that your photos are so clear? Well, they're not better or clearer than other people's. I just allowed for them to be used in a higher resolution, you know? So now I continue that. You go to my website, LarryChenPhoto.com. Every single photo is available for free for you to use as a wallpaper or phone wallpaper or whatever. You can even print it out. I don't care. The point is I want to make my mark in car culture. You know, I've been shooting for so long. I want my photos to live on way after I'm gone. That's really, really well said. Yeah, I, it's, it's, yeah with that said, let's see. Uh, overnight success. Um, I, I think... One, one thing that's kind of in line with what you just said, that is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and it, it may be a tangent, but I feel like it's an important thing to discuss with a lot of like up and coming photographers, media people. Let's talk about watermarks because yeah. you don't watermark any of your photos, do you? I don't. Yeah. So, I, okay. There's a tiny, tiny little one. If you go to my website and you download the photos, um, there's a tiny one that just says the URL, hmm. but on my Instagram, um, the stuff that I give you, the stuff that I give a lot of people in FD uh, or a lot of my pr pretty much most of the stuff that you've seen. Mm -hmm. I don't think you've ever seen anything that has a watermark. No, that's yeah. why that's why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason why I do that is because I want people to share it. I want people to like it. You yeah. know, if there's a huge watermark on it, it's almost like you're saying mine, mine only. You yeah. can look at it, but you can't have it. But that's not helping car culture. You know, we're trying to expand this we want to make it more mainstream and because we want more people to drift with we want more people to go shooting with we want to grow this because the more people that like it the more we can do you know and the more doors will open um one so i like to sh teach photography that's kind of one of the things that i've picked up the last couple of years and i feel like actually I, I wouldn't say I feel like a hundred percent. The reason why I'm doing any work with Canon at all is because they see that I'm teaching photography. So what I can do is I can kind of show, I can, the proof is in the pudding, you know, I can actually show 
me using these cameras and teach people how to use these cameras for car photography. Out of all of their photographers that they sponsor, I'm the only car photographer. You know, they have wedding well, photographers, they have landscape, they have sports, this, that, and the other. I'm the only one that takes pictures of cars, you know. But um, with that said, with these classes, honestly, I don't do any teaching at all. You know, what I'm doing is I'm doing all the hard work for these students. I'm getting them in front of the cool action. You know, I get the, the cool cars. Like, for example, I do a lot of work with uh, Ryan Literal. You know, I get him to bring out his drift car. We get him to drift around the students, you know, at the track. Um, it, it, it's just part of it is just I do all the hard work, homework, and then all they have to do is be there with the camera and, you know, maybe the right settings, whatever, I'll go and help them out. And then they'll come up with these pictures that they could be proud of, that they can they can live on their wall, you know, and it can be inspiring. Now, you do that at FD, right? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen you kind of teaching at FD. There's a, a special VIP package and you bring them out at FD to shoot photos. Is that right? Yeah. So that's another one way that I'm trying my best to kind of give back to Formula Drift, you know, mm -hmm. Formula Drift has done so much for me. And I've been the official photographer for Formula Drift for 10 years now. Wow. Um, and it, it is a big responsibility. You know, I am the official photographer for Pikes Peak as well. Um, I take it very seriously because the photos that I take are what the, the it's, it's what the public sees and it's how the public perceives this series. You know, I want them to look at the photos and think, oh, man, Formula Drift is so cool. You know, I want to come and watch Adam. I want to come uh, watch uh, Chelsea, not Vaughn anymore, unfortunately. But yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I take it personally. You know, I want to make sure I do a good job. With that said, uh, the best way to watch drifting, aside from being in one of the cars or in a chase car chasing you or um, in the car that you're following the best way to experience the action is trackside. You know, sometimes literally one foot away from you guys as you are scraping these walls. So I wanted to share that. And um, this is something I do on my own accord. I don't make a cent from it. And I've, I never will. Uh, Formula Drift charges a fair price, I think, for them. You know, which is fine. It's, it's one of those things. It's just like super VIP access. Mm -hmm. I... I try to give the students that sign up for these experiences one hour of like heavy, heavy, heavy shooting. So what we do is we usually have them come in during your warm up because um, you, you guys have like a warm up before your qualifying session as well as main comp like top 32 mm -hmm. on Saturdays. So that's when you guys are. Driving pretty hard, or how hard do you usually drive during warm up? Hard enough, you know. Yeah. It depends on the track, you know. Maybe a little more tame if it's a wall track, but we get so few laps of practice that you know you got to make everyone count. Yeah, and so I, I feel like that's probably the best time for these students to shoot during competition. It's a little stressful, and it's actually pretty slow, right? Because if there's a one more time, or mm -hmm. if there's oil down, or whatever. Um, everything gets delayed. But during that one hour of jam, jam session, there's so many people trying to get in laps. Yeah. And 
I try to move them so many times too because there's, you know, certain shooting locations that we can shoot from depending on the track. So I'll just set my watch like, look, you guys get 15 minutes here. If you miss a shot, whatever, we got to move to another place. And my goal is to get them to experience as many spots on the track as possible to just get their ears blown out, you know, <laughs> just yeah. get their face caved in with a bunch of tire dust. It's uh, it's an experience that people need to feel, I guess, for themselves. So I'm a, a young aspiring photographer that comes up to you, let's say at Formula Drift or any, any track. I'm shooting photos maybe at my local grassroots event, but I want to get my name out there more. I want to take my career. What is my hobby? I want to take it to the next level. What, what do you tell me? One of the things that's really surprising to people, one of the things that I say is there's not enough people in this industry who are doing what we do. Uh, day in and day out, I get these jobs that I'm like, I can't find anyone to help legitimately. Part of it is because um, there's people that aren't willing to push hard enough. And also there's people that aren't willing to let go of maybe their normal, comfortable life. You know, you have to live this. This is, this has to be the thing. You can't just do it part-time. You have to let it take over. And then once you put in the hours, then the notoriety will come, the credibility will come, and then you'll be able to make the connections. So that's one thing. Um, another thing is, you know, maybe it's a good idea to take an internship. You know, it could be with another photographer, videographer. Um, it could be like an online magazine. I, mean, I know print magazines are pretty much dead, but there are outlets out there, especially now because there's so many companies that are creating their own outlet because they're tired of the fact that all of these outlets are disappearing. For example, like Nitto has their own outlet, right? Driving Line. Holly has uh, Motor Life. They, they have their own outlet. The list goes on and on and on. And there's just so many, like Turn 14, they have their own outlet too, Pit and Paddock. Mm -hmm. it's, it's endless. There's just so many people getting into this game and there's not enough storytellers. There's not enough people taking good photos, uh, taking good video. I'm sure you can attest to that, right? Yeah, I mean, from, from a driver perspective, on the, on the flip side, my advice to someone would be make the driver's life easy and take photos get their Instagram name and send them a Dropbox link with all your photos. Don't watermark it ignorantly. Just say, hey, look, if you share any of my photos, just give me a tag or whatever. And if you get those photos in a timely manner, which is key, especially for someone like myself, they're probably going to share them if the photos are great. And it's going to get you, like, think about it. You do 10 people that each have 1,000 followers. It's 10,000 people that are now exposed to you and your work. Yeah, so that's kind of the crazy thing is um, you can't be greedy. Mm -hmm. There's so many people out there that do such a thing and it's like oh look they they posted my photo now let me send them an invoice that's how you quickly get blacklisted forever yeah essentially you know because drivers talk team team owners talk you know it's just one of those things you have to be willing to make that sacrifice um with that said um yeah timeliness is key you know the, we we call it like the photos get stale or it's it's um we say it's like called, you call it uh, like bathtubbing. Like you, what are you doing with these photos? You took a thousand photos at this drift event. What are you doing? Are you just in your bathtub with, with the candles lit, you know, in a bubble bath, just looking at your own photos? <laughs> you know, what are you yeah. doing with these things? You know, are you just letting them sit on your camera? 
it, it's not doing anybody good if you're not actually publishing them or sending them to people. Uh, that's really the main thing because uh, gone are those days, right? Um, I don't, you never had a chance to experience what it was like before with media, but I remember having this conversation with Chris Forsberg. He's like, hey, it was great before, you know, you would do an event and then people would send you stuff a week later, but it was still on time. Yeah. You know, you could still like, hey, post-race report. And there wasn't even social media back then. But now, if you don't post something from this past session that you just had, you're already late. It's like already old news. Yeah. Yeah. And you do a, a an insane job at that. It's pretty much every night after FD, I get photos pushed to my email from that day. Now, at Formula Drift, though, you do have a team. Correct. Yeah, we have a really, really good team, very strong team, and this is the biggest team I've ever had. It's six of us now working together for this one goal, which is just a small production company, you know, and we do video and stills. And um, when it comes to something like Formal Drift or Pikes Peak or King of the Hammers or Baja 1000 or whatever, we go in full on as a team effort on the video side and on the still side. We have people dedicated to sitting on the computer as cards come in hot. You know, they plug them into the computer and then the photos get edited as just minutes, sometimes um, right after the session. You know, as soon as the session's over or even mid-session, we have runners that will pick up cards from me and just plug them into the computer and just get the photos out. So how many people are actually shooting on your team? So we scale it. Um, For example, at uh, Formula Drift, we usually have two still shooters and two video shooters. Mm. Uh, And um, for something like Pike's Peak, we'll scale up even more. We'll hire more people. Uh, Depending on what we're covering, we could cover the entire mountain, all six of us shooting stills or doing both, putting drop cams for video and stills. Do you remember the first time you ever had someone help, whether it was edit photos or like take photos with you on team? Yeah, so uh, I... I, I did everything solo up until about, I think, 2011, 2012 is when I hired my assistant, Lewis. So now he's not really my assistant. He's more my you know replacement. Mm-hmm. Him and I, we can go hand in hand. If he goes to an event, he can shoot just as good, if not better than me now because, um, you know, I've taught him everything I know and he's grown so much as a photographer, too. So he actually started helping me and it was just so weird to let things go. You know, the thing about being a still photographer is you're used to taking, you're used to taking pictures, then taking them back, editing them, and then you're publishing them yourself. You know, so you're there the whole way. Um, When somebody else is editing your photos, you kind of have to let a little bit go it may not be your vision perfectly, but it's close, especially if so, if it's somebody that you molded. Um, but yeah, it, it that's really the only way to push even harder. And it's funny, when he came on board, we started going in Formula Drift. He would just look at me. He's like, how the hell did you do this alone? This is just so much work, you know, being the official photographer, shooting for Vaughn, shooting for Chris Forsberg, shooting for this, that, and the other, you know, it's just... It is a lot. It's a lot of work. Was it tough to make that step and to give up a little bit of, you know, having control over everything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It it was really tough. And now 
it's so nice because I can send my guys on their own and they can shoot whatever, you know, video, photos at the highest level and in a timely manner. Why, what was the, the hardest thing for you? Like, why didn't you take that step earlier? I think, um, like kind of, like I mentioned, you know, letting go the creative process. Mm -hmm. It's, um, there's just things I have to give up. You know, I don't know if you saw, I posted a photo of your BMW, like your E36 at grid life. I know which photo you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never laid my eyes on that photo until I was going through my year end photos. Really? And it's because maybe it may not be somebody else's vision. I don't even know if it was Lewis or my other guy editing, but they probably looked at it and they're like, there's no saving that photo. It's Mm -hmm. scrap, you know? And the thing is when I'm chasing people in my Supra, there's no way to control the settings in such a quick manner because it's a split second thing. You know, things are moving so fast, legitimately. I mean, I don't even know how fast we're entering that corner. Um, it's that initial uh, entry at uh, Alpine Horizon. It's probably close to 100 miles an hour, I'd right? say so, yeah. yeah. So we, I, you know, I gave them the card. They went through all of it, and that just didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. But when I go through my year-end photos, typically I would go through my own photos, but I'm just so exhausted from a day of shooting video, shooting stills, vlogging, all of that, as you are very well aware of. And uh, I just didn't have a time. I didn't have time to look at those photos until the end of the year. It's Christmas time. I'm looking through my photos to kind of find the best of, you know, my 100 favorite drift-related photos. And I came across that photo. I'm like, oh, my God. I cannot believe I love this so much. I can't, I I posted it right away after I saw it um, because there were some things that needed to be fixed. You know, like uh, I think um, there was like a porta potty in it or like a cherry picker or whatever that I needed to clean up, and also it was not exposed properly at all. But once I just fixed the smallest little things, I fixed my mistakes, and I straightened out the photo because it was really cocked, um, and. It just looked so good. I was so proud of it. I needed to post it right away. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite photos too. Yeah. It's just one of those things, you know, it's just, you got to let go. And sometimes I let go and maybe I'll have that percentage of degradation of my work, of my, um, what I'm outputting. But overall, it is so much more stuff that we're able to shoot. You know, just these last... Um, seven days I've been to four different cities, not including anything in California. You know, I started my trip. Uh, I went to Turk's place, uh, in New Hampshire. And then straight from there, I went to super lap battle in Austin at circuit Americas. And then I shot there for one day and I went straight to Charlotte to the RTR lab stuff to shoot with Logano, Chelsea Donofa and Vaughn Jr. And Vaughn actually had to leave early for that shoot and I jumped in the camera car uh, in his place and uh, drove for him and then the very next day I flew home for one day and then I came out here to hang out with you guys that's a crazy schedule yeah but you're you're used to that too right I mean you you do that and that's kind of the sacrifice that we have to um, make for for our craft for what we love do you have a hard time balancing like having a personal life on top of all this traveling and all the work with all the photography stuff and video and all this? Yeah, I, I, I have a hard enough time. I don't know how you do it. You are on top of that. You're 
probably just getting barraged all day, every day by fans, you know, which is fine, but um, you need some time to yourself too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you get it too. I see it. Well, you know, the thing is, um, I think Matt Farah said it best, like he can do it. Uh, He, he's, he's well known enough where he, if he wants to interact with fans and, um, you know, you know, just uh, be that persona. He can. He can go to events. He can go to, you know, drift events. He car cars and coffee and whatever. And then it's fun because you can, you know, be that character and meet people and make new friends. And I feel like I can do that same thing too. But the nice thing is I can pretty much shut off. Um, I think it's probably the same way with you. I don't know if you yeah. can. No, I agree. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes when you're in the right mood for it and you want to go to a car show and talk yeah. and hang out with fans, it's so cool. Like I said, you know, even uh, apart from the car community, because it's a little bit different for us because people like really know us. It's not like we're just friends because we both like cars, but they they know what we just did on our cars two weekends ago and you can have a full on conversation with someone you've never met before. Like they're one of your friends and it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's weird because the whole celebrity thing, like they, they have, uh, when they look at you in their eyes, they think they know you, you know, and it's cool because, um, it kind of gives them the same feeling like they're meeting a family member, you know, because when they recognize a face, even though they've never met you, they kind of get that same inkling, you know, that same feeling that like they just saw their mom or their dad or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, it's something that I, I think about, you know, but, but with that said, man, it's hard for me to balance, uh, personal life and work. You know, I am married. I have two kids. Um, and it's just, I think that's probably why Vaughn maybe is taking a little bit time to step back and develop, um, other things, you know, because he even says like, Hey, he wants to do everything. You know, there's just not enough time in the day for that, you know? So he's making that sacrifice to focus on other things. And one of them is family. And, um, for me, that's also why I have so many people helping. It's because they can take the load off me and then I can spend some time with family and just focus on personal life. So rather than like a a typical nine to five, is it like short bursts of a lot of travel than maybe a couple of days of absolutely nothing. Yeah. I think it's more short bursts or long bursts of a lot of travel pushing mm-hmm. super hard, then coming home and then just having, I guess, office days or home days. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have uh, a property in LA County that um, has my shop. Um, has uh, our office where we all work out of. And then, of course, it's my home too. Um, kind of like yours, but way, way, way smaller. <laughs> but um, it's so nice to not have to do any commuting. Um, and I can just step into the office. Um, I can print some photos. I can edit photos. I can, you know, whatever, shoot some videos in the shop. Uh, and then, you know, I can take a 15-minute break and play with the kids. It is so nice to do that. And... I, I mean, you have pretty much the same thing here. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely being able to just kind of roll out of bed and being able to do stuff is great. But I've also had a hard time with sometimes forcing myself not to roll out of bed and go do stuff to take that step back and chill. Uh, Like, is that something that you find yourself kind of in that similar boat? Yeah, it is really hard to just shut off. Um, 
I guess that's kind of one of the reasons why I started. Uh, I, I I keep saying um, to on these podcasts and on these uh, videos, I'm tired of watching you guys drift. So I <laughs> built my own drift car and now I'm starting to learn how to drift. And it's so much fun. And that kind of lets me shut off, which is weird, right? That's what you do for work. Um, I'm driving because that's my true passion. You know, that's what got me into cars in the first place. Uh, I like being behind the wheel. And some people have asked me like, hey, if you were at this crossroads where you could be a professional driver or uh, doing what you're doing now, which is photography and video, what would you rather do? What would you rather have? Which one do you love more? And honestly, I can't answer that at all. It's so hard because I love driving so much and I know I'm not the fastest or I'm not the best, but um, it just gives me a different kind of feeling, you know. For sure. And you, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the, the camera car chasing stuff has been something you've been diving more into recently prior to the last three years is that something you did a lot with yeah so i started doing camera car chasing uh i came up with the idea actually back in 2006 okay when I, when I realized hey the best way to take a photo or video of another drift car is if you're right next to them mm -hmm. you know whether it be from another drift car or from another vehicle because you know what as close as you can be on a track it's still not the same, you know, just from what you see when you're chasing another uh, drift car, it's the most insane show ever, right? It, it looks so crazy to your eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, it's the same thing for people that are riding with you. You know, they're thinking like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. You know, it's so crazy. I want to capture that on, the, on photos and I want video. And uh, I've been developing that since... Um, I started using my 240Z for that kind of duty. Mm. Uh, so as soon as I swapped in, I, I blew the original L-Series motor up, um, autocrossing and time attack or whatever. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to swap in an SR. And at the time, they're so cheap. You know, I bought mine for $2,000. And uh, it was actually out of an old Formula Drift car. That's when uh, 400 horsepower was enough for a yeah. Formula Drift car. <laughs> so I put it in. Uh, my Z, and um, I realized, hey, because this car is maybe 1,000 pounds lighter than these drift cars, I could potentially outbreak and out-accelerate you guys if you're spinning your tires, mm -hmm. you know? And so I started doing that. Um, I don't know if you know Matt Powers. Yeah. So I started chasing Matt Powers. I started chasing people that I knew, um, and I did that at Willow Springs. I did that at whatever local tracks that we had in Southern California. And I just kind of started developing that skill. You know, I just realized, you know, if I out tire you guys with a, with a, or if I had a stickier tire, mm -hmm. I could outbreak you and I can potentially outmaneuver if there's a spin or if there's a crash or um, a big off, then I can take care of myself. So then that's when I started doing heavy filming and, um, still photography from the nose of my car. Uh, and, you know, as time went on, I've developed it more and more, and I've developed my skill to the point where, I mean, you know how it is. When you're chasing some of these Formula Drift cars, it's a complete whiteout condition for oh, yeah. a long time, right? So what I do is I scan the edge of the track, or before I know I'm going to go into whiteout conditions, I will kind of memorize the edge of the track and kind of, 
figure out what's the best way to punch through that smoke. And, um, yeah, over time I've just developed it to the point where I feel comfortable doing it anytime. And it's just so much fun. Like, I don't know if you saw the stuff that we did with Ryan Turk with his, uh, formula Supra. Yeah. Like we didn't have any practice at all. And, uh, we had just two grip runs up that mountain pass. That's just, a um, like a private road. We just drove it fast and then the third take was him just full on drifting it. You know, he didn't have an e-brake. I think it broke. So he had a clutch kick it and he just pushed super hard and I pushed super hard as hard as I could. And I was very happy with the results. And it's just from us just messing, messing around at the track, you know, and yeah, it's just so much fun. It's the best. And that's, that's kind of, that's what we use the, the Supra for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's when I, at first, like prior to that, I think maybe because it hadn't been a recent thing you were posting a lot about on social media prior to the E90 Supra, I didn't realize that you were a driver and that you were someone doing that. Cause you know, it makes sense to have a chase car and shoot photos out of, but to be the photographer and the driver, it's kind of rad. Well, it's interesting because it's some, like, I feel like I probably have the most chase laps out of anybody that I know of. I don't know because there's so many different ways to photograph these cars and um, shoot video of these cars, especially now that FPV is getting so popular, Mm -hmm. but it's a different thing. It's just a different thing. I can carry as big camera as I need and I can shoot video and stills at the same time, you know, with two different cameras and I can change the settings if I need to make, give it a different look. And on top of that, I am, one foot or less away from the ground and I can slow down to a stop or I can speed up to as fast as you guys are going, you know, and it it was even fun to chase in the rain at um, Alpine horizon last year. You know, it's just a, a different skill to have. And also on top of that, I've watched so much drifting over my lifetime. Uh, Jared Deanda and I have kind of like a fun joke. Like he's watched every single form of drift run ever in the history of formula drift. Yeah. And I've photographed so much Formula Drift. I've been to well over 100 Formula Drift events, if you can believe that. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, some people come up to me and tell me like, oh, man, this is my third event. I'm like, yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, keep going. Um, but but uh, we just know, you know, we we know what the cars look like and what they're how they behave and what's going to happen next or if you're going to spin out or if I can just dive in right on your door and just give you just enough room to transition, you know, it's just so much fun for me to do that and showcase drifting in that way. I like that you mentioned out tiring the drift cars. Cause I've, I've had someone try to chase me before and just understeer right off the track because people don't realize how much grip drift cars have. And I think they underestimate it and think that, you know, Oh, if I don't drift, my car will be faster on the corner. <laughs> Okay, so that is a very, very big misconception now, yeah. right? Maybe that was a thing back in 2008, nine, whatever. Now the, the cars are so fast, they have so much power, and they have so much grip. I have a full-on grip time attack setup on my Supra. It's 295 squared. I can run up to 315 squared um, AO52s, you know, which are so sticky, they're banned in uh, uh, grid life time attack gltc you know wow. so they're really good time attack tires they don't last very long you know but that's not the point you know they have a lot of grip maximum grip right out of the box you don't even have to scrub them in um to the point where they have no tread it's almost like they're shaved tires from the factory 
on top of that, we, you know, we have KW suspension. It's tuned. Um, it's just built as much as I can to at least keep up with you guys because you guys potentially have two, three times, up to three times the power that I have. Um, but with that said, I can out grip you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, just at least with that setup. Ideally, it would be awesome to have all-wheel drive and even a wider tire if that's even possible. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's something I can develop later on. I could see uh, having an automatic car like the Supra compared to your SR, which I assume was manual. Does that yes. help a lot with stability and like keeping the shots smoother? Yeah, I think the thing that really um, I have to focus on when I'm shooting is timing. Um, it's so much about... Uh, kind of seeing what's happening in front of me and it allows me to either put my foot down and floor it longer or take a certain line to be smoother and get a better shot. Um, sometimes I have to cut the track, you know, to keep up with you guys because you guys are so fast. Um, I People don't realize how many Gs you guys pull in these cars now. It's pretty incredible. Um, with that said, I really do appreciate it sometimes when the drivers kind of know that I'm there or, or I only, I only follow people that I trust Mm -hmm. first of all. And then, um, second of all, it also helps if you're modifying your driving for that reason, Sure, you know, just to give a, maybe a little extra manji, extra angle or, um, you know, just get closer to the wall a little bit just for me. When I see you by me, I, I try to get ignorant. (laughs) I notice (laughs) sometimes a little too much. Well, that's the thing is when you, when I'm behind you, it's hilarious because you were just like balls to the walls, edge to edge and just so much tire smoke. (laughs) And I'm like frantic. I'm pushing so hard to try to keep up with you. It is kind of incredible. And sometimes when we're entering the corner, I just, I push so hard. I get a little bit sideways and for a microsecond we're tandeming. Yeah. Um, Not by choice. Yeah. Not by choice, you know, and it's so fun for me to learn drifting now because my entire driving life, I've learned to go fast straight. And, you know, anytime I have any tire slip, I know I'm slower. Um, You know, I learned driving from doing autocross Mm -hmm. and time attack in Southern California. And, uh, yeah, I developed most of my high-speed, high-performance driving with my 240Z. And I think, you know, being a real-wheel drive platform, it helped a lot. Um, but with that said, now that I'm drifting and I'm purposely trying to lose brake traction, I'm learning so much about car control. You know, I'm learning how to straighten out again. That's really, I think, one of the most important things. And just, like, dancing between that line of being sideways and having full grip it is something else and i just cannot wait to develop those skills further so on your camera car if you have to take an inside line do you have a way to turn the camera is like how what are the abilities you have to control the camera from in the car yeah so that's a great question um we the way that we're filming the way that i envision these shots i i don't really think it's necessary to change the camera angle. I th- I want to convey speed. So what I like to do is I like to run a very wide angle lens. So typically I'll run a 17 millimeter on a full frame 35 millimeter body, right? So 
Well, we like to use, we, we use 1DX Mark III Canon cameras. And the reason why we use those is because they don't have any sort of in-body image stabilization. So there's nothing to vibrate. And believe me, there's so much vibration on the nose of that Supra or any chase car. The, the tracks, as you know, they're just not perfect. They're so bumpy. And when we're going that fast, everything is shaking. The good thing about the 1DX Mark III is that it has digital embodied stabilization. So it is doing its absolute best, in, you know, in its brain, this computer. It's doing its best to keep the image as stable as possible. And the way I'm framing it is anywhere I'm pointing the nose of that car. That makes sense. Is what I'm shooting. So do you have like a button to take photos in the car? Yes. So we, I usually have somebody riding with me and mm. I tell them when to shoot now yeah that's a code word <laughs> i just say shoot 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 <laughs> um but that's if what i like to do is i like to play um like taxi driver mm -hmm. or tourist driver um so i try to get as many people in my car for that duty as possible that's um, cool like let's say if we're at grid life i just have people lined up to to help me with that you know because they feel um um they feel like important, I guess, or they, they feel good that they're helping with this thing. That's really cool. And it, it's, they're helping me shoot pictures, you know? Um, if it's somebody that knows what they're doing and knows the perfect time when you're full on angle and when I'm right at your door, if it's somebody that knows how to shoot, you know, I don't even have to say anything and they just pull the trigger at uh, full, whatever, 15 frames per second when it actually happens. Um, but a lot of times because I'm playing taxi driver, I have to tell the person like, Hey, this is the good time to shoot. Uh, I can trigger it myself if I tape it to the steering wheel, but I was going to say like, cool little like nitrous <laughs> button or something. Yeah. It's just so much to think about, you know, yeah. because I, you know, knock on wood, I I'm very careful too. you know, while I'm right there on your door and your bumper and right when you transition, I just give you enough room to do so. I pride myself in being safe too. You know, I've never hit anybody. I've never gotten hit by anybody. In there's even um, this fun clip uh, that I like to play where um, I was in my Z. I was chasing Justin Pollock in his Formula Drift um, Mustang, and he was coming around. I don't know if you've driven Horse Thief. Yeah. So he's coming around and going through the water tower section, which you know it's mm -hmm. really fast, and. I just get blinded because he's just pours out the smoke and I can't see anything, but out of the smoke comes a bumper flying right at my face and I just have to take evasive maneuvers. And there was just this tiny little area in between the hay bill and the, this off track area where I had to squeeze through just to avoid the bumper, just smashing in front of my 1970 240Z. And I was able to do that, but yeah, with that said, like I, I really try my best to be as safe as possible in every way. That's really cool. Yeah. So what do you think the ultimate camera car would be? I'm just, you know, I love the Supra so much, but, you know, rear wheel drive, there's going to be a disadvantage. For sure. Um, and I have one in mind, but I'm curious what yeah, yours yeah. is. I, I think without a doubt, the R35 is going to be it. You what do what, you think? You know what I think's better? What? Turbo S. Oh, yeah, yeah, 911 Turbo S. The yeah. brakes, yes. and, like, I feel like it would, yeah. like, com it would be a lot simpler to run and operate, and yeah. the, the power that you could squeeze out of it with, 
the the much less maintenance and headache. Do you think it has enough tire? To oh, oh heck yeah, yeah. dude! Okay. Yeah, they come stock on like three three fifteens in the rear. What about the front? The fronts are like two sixty fives or so. Mm-hmm. But trust me, okay, you'll be. I I I believe you. Yeah. Um, if somebody will let me try their turbo S to, with that duty, <laughs> I mean, are you gonna be here tomorrow? Uh, I'll be here. Oh, well, no, I'm not letting you try with that, with that duty, but yeah. So I, let me talk to you. I have an idea. Yeah. So I've, okay. I've got something we can talk, we can talk about it yeah, later. Yeah, we could but. talk off camera, but one of the things I want to do here at the compound mm-hmm. after spending, um, two days here, it would be awesome to get some of that kind of footage. You know, I, you guys aren't drifting fast, but there's so many, oh shit moments when yeah. you're so when you're brushing the trees, foliage yeah. yeah and the trees and um you know when just the limited amount of shooting that i had a chance to do with you and tj it was exciting you know it, it was it was so cool to be the director and just kind of tell you guys hey drift this thing and i'm gonna just capture you guys through this corner and i feel like um if we did a chase video and it's just like one continuous clip of you guys just shredding and i'm a foot two feet away from your bumper at full 17 millimeter wide it just conveys the speed so well yeah yeah that's really cool no i'm i'm excited i want to get you back out here and i have an idea for a camera wait rock chip wise do you get a little rock chip okay so the front of my supra is completely destroyed (laughs) you know i sacrificed that car for that duty it looks like i took like a hundred grit sandpaper to everything in the front. The windshield. splitter, the windshield is completely destroyed. It's amazing to me that I haven't cracked the windshield, mm-hmm. you know, because when you guys dirt drop, oh my God. Oh yeah, that's the, true. The the acceleration of these rocks <laughs> coming towards me. Sometimes when I have the windows down, the rocks go into my cabin and some of them end up in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can picture that yeah. like it happens to me too but are you you're wearing a helmet aren't you so i am wearing a helmet but i'm wearing an open face got it and um i do have a um you know a head sock on but uh sometimes i have to let it down because if i have it on and i have sunglasses then it fogs up my sunglasses mm-hmm. so sometimes my mouth is open and i'm just like trying to keep up with you guys um but yeah it, it's something that i want to develop more because You've seen so many camera cars, right? You've seen the Russian arms. You've seen the big, crazy, whatever, huge arms that mm-hmm. are, I don't know, millions of dollars. How I don't even know how much. Problem is, they can't go that fast. Yeah. You know, it's too top heavy. Whereas I am chasing you at full speed. You know, you guys, you said it yourself. You don't let up. You're not modifying your driving for me. Correct. You just want to do the craziest drift run, you know, and I want to be there right at your door to film that. And um, with that said, there's so much more development in that thing, you know, um, whether it be a R35, which is a heavy beast, but man, you can put some wide tires on that thing. That you is true. Put like, I don't know, 335s all the way around. How or do they more. break? Do they break well? I feel like that's where the Porsche would have a beat. You know, the thing is, that car in particular overcomes weight with technology. Mm. And I feel like that that's kind of what it has going for it. I, I, I guess it's probably not fair for me to um, compare it to Porsches because I've never 
like I have a 911 turbo. I have a 996, which is, you know, <laughs> the first water cooled, mm-hmm. co- completely not even the same car compared to a Turbo S. Um, but I find that it's pretty, for me at least, it's pretty difficult to go that fast on track. Um, I'm I'm guessing that, you know, after all this time, it's developed so much. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm guessing it'll be amazing. It, like the best way for me to describe it, especially the newer ones, it feels like you take like a GT3 RS and throw a turbo engine in it. Yeah. It's like ludicrous speed with ludicrous handling. So, so just to give you an example, I've had a chance to drive a, a 991 GT2 mm-hmm. RS. Oh, mm-hmm. no, 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 992 GTRS, the, the, okay. the most recent one. And I just, I drove it and I just thought to myself, this will be bad. This will be a bad chase car uh, because you just can't put the power down. So it's a turbo S is that with all wheel drive. Right. So maybe that's what, <laughs> that's what would fix it. And, you know, maybe I would have to modify some of my driving for that. But yeah, I can imagine it would be kind of insane. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. So yeah. We've had a long day. We're about to go head downtown Orlando to shoot some photos. And uh, before we wrap this up, if you're willing to share, I would love to understand a little bit more so about your business model, right? I yeah. know you shoot photos at FD, but how mm. does it work with partners? Do you sell prints? I know you sell prints, but yeah. like what is, if, if you had to give an elevator pitch to someone of your business, how would you describe yeah. what you do and your revenue streams and kind of that side of things? So the crazy thing is all this stuff that we shot with you this weekend, all the stuff that I shot with Drew, all the stuff we shot at Fuel Fest is for no money. Like we're not, we're not making money and we're actually losing a lot of money because it's time and effort and all that. You understand that. Mm-hmm. And you also understand YouTube revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, we do this for notoriety and for credibility in the industry. And we do this to further push our agenda, you know, which is um, who's going to tell the story? You know, who's going to do it? If no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. You know, Fuel Fest happened and, you know, you as a storyteller were there and TJ as a storyteller were there. But what about all the guys that have the garage built cars that brought their cars that maybe could inspire somebody else to get into building or, whatever you know that's what we're there for and that's why we like these local events we like the biggest things like goodwood festival of speed or we like 24 hours of lama or whatever we like everything but we also like the local car meets like in west palm beach and we found some cool cars that needed highlighting and that needed that global audience um so that's part of what we do for our own i guess just a fun thing that we like mm-hmm. to do on the commercial side. We do um, a lot of work with Toyota, with Nissan, Ford, um, a lot of OEMs and also a lot of um, aftermarket, aftermarket manufacturers. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's um, a wide range of things that we do. And more recently we've been doing a lot more video. We've been doing commercial video and um, I've been doing some directing, which is a lot of fun. But um, all of this started out from editorial. You know, I did um, work for websites. I did work for uh, magazines. Like I've had 10 Hot Rod Magazine covers, um, five Super Street covers, you know, RIP. It's, unfortunately, it's not a thing anymore um, in terms of a print mag. But um, 
you know, I got my feet wet doing editorial and showing these manufacturers and showing the world that I can photograph these cars and I can present them in their best light. And with that said, it's allowed us to work with these companies um, just, I guess, my way, you know, because I'm very candid about the fact that I just don't understand and I don't know photoshopography. I just don't. I, yeah, I could see a lot of people do that cool stuff where they take a picture of a car in a, in a Walmart parking lot and then, then, it, then it ends up on Nürburgring, mm -hmm. you know, but I can't do that. I have to go to Nürburgring. I have to go to Norslifa to, to take those pictures, you know? Yeah. And that's what I pride myself in. I do the real thing. You know, when it happened, it happened in front of me. And when I photographed it, that's how I think it should have looked. And I'll fix my, I'll fix my mistakes, but that's about it. You know, that's just how it is. Um, so with that said, uh, yeah, we're, we're lucky to be able to work with all these people in this capacity. Um, we do official photography work for Formula Drift, and we work for a lot of the teams. Um, one, of course, one of the bigger ones is RTR. I've been working with Vaughn for so long. You know, I've, I've worked with him. He was one of my earliest clients. Him and Chris Forsberg um, just kind of took notice to what I was doing, and... Um, entrusted me with telling their story you know so i've been lucky to shoot him super 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 early on when uh when he was uh with falcon and up until now as a team owner or whatever and then also you know it's interesting a lot of times i tell these people like is it weird to you that i have thousands of photos of you yeah right and you probably have never seen most of them you know, because they're not good enough for public release. But, you know, I, I, I've been, um, it's been a pleasure to watch you, you know, drive from the Pro 2 days, you know, with your uh, um, root beer colored mm -hmm. car um, all the way up until, you know, 2020, your first Pro 1 season. And then now you're a fully backed factory driver, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing is it's like, I have that story and I have the story for so many people, you know, Dayo Shihara, Bongin Jr., Chris Forsberg, all those people, the same people that I started with are the same people that I'm working with now. And we've all grown together. And that goes across the board. A lot of people that I work with in, uh, at Toyota, Lexus, Nissan, all these people, they were once in my position, you know, they were entry level, but now it's people that are the decision makers, executives. And, um, yeah, I'm so lucky to be able to do things. Like when I did that um, launch, uh, the the launch photos for the Nissan Z, I was beside myself. You know, I'm a big Z guy. You know, I know you're a big Nissan slash mm -hmm. Z guy. I'm, to be entrusted with something that important, you know, earlier when I mentioned the R34 um, GTR release photos, I don't even know who took those photos, but that's still ingrained in my head. I know that's what that point. picture looks like now. I wanted to do the new Z justice in that way uh, for this generation, you know, just like whoever took that photo all those years ago did for my generation. That's really cool. Yeah. So we've got you doing 
these fun things for free where you get YouTube content out of, and YouTube obviously provides revenue. Um, you've got the commercial work, like these contracts with big companies. You've got Formula Drift. I know, uh, speaking about Drew, you probably have you know individuals that hire you to shoot a collection or something like that. Do you have a lot of smaller private work like that or more commercial stuff? Yeah, I, I wish I could take more of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. on. Um, for example, like this stuff I'm doing with Drew, it's just a passion project. I'm not getting paid for it. You know, I just want to do it and it allows us to really stretch our, or flex our muscle when it comes to content creation, you know, um, because we build relationships, uh, and we have content and who knows, maybe that might grow something with BMW, you know, it's just, you never know. Um, so much of that, so much of what we do now came from sacrifice, you know, like, uh, so many years I paid my way to go to formula drift, um, scrape the bottom of the barrel, you know, helping these drivers, teams, trailer, their cars, you know, sleeping trailers, all of that. Now, after proving myself, I'm the official photographer. I've been the official photographer for 10 years and we're so privileged to tell the story for so many of these teams, including yourself, you know? So, um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that we've developed over all these years. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, you sell prints on your site. Yes. Do you sell anything else? I know you've done collaborations and like the pins and other yes. products like that. So um, we sell prints on LarryChenPrints.com. Uh, sing- believe it or not, every single print is printed by me um, because uh, I'll be honest, and uh, I don't try to hide the fact that, look, we're selling paper, mm-hmm. you know, but this paper that could range from $125 to $250 or more is, it means something, you know, my blood, sweat and tears went into creating these photos. And I am so prideful of the fact that I print them myself, hand hold them myself, package them, sign them. And then hopefully something like this can inspire somebody um i got a great comment uh, about a year ago when somebody bought a signed print from hurt right so i I shot a chase cam photo of him in his turk stallion i signed it hurt signed it sold it uh the guy put it on his wall and he made a comment like hey this was 125 dollars but it's worth so much to me because i wake up every morning and it's in my bedroom. I look at that photo and I may not be able to ever own a Torque Stallion, but it just gives me so much inspiration and it shows, it, it reminds me of what I love. And um, yeah, that, that kind of stuff just really moves me. You know, it makes me so happy and we're so lucky that we're able to provide that service for people. Um, other than that, I, I don't sell anything else. I've never sold a pin. Mm. I only give pins out. And that's, that's cool. I think that's why... The, my earlier pins that I gave out to friends, family, whatever people, uh, fans even, they're worth so much now, which is so crazy to me. Like, How much do they sell for? I, I think um, somebody told me they paid $1,000 for my Toyota Corolla 2018 SEMA car camera chase pin. Wow. Yeah. And then with my uh, 240Z original pin, that's a $1,500 package, which is crazy. That is insane. That is insane. And I'm just giving these things out like candy. 
You know, I you just gave you one. <laughs> maybe, maybe save a couple on the side. Yeah. You know? yeah. The I funny thing is, I don't. Get replicated. <laughs> send us, send us out. You know, get a couple more made. Yeah. It's it's just a fun thing for me. You know, because uh, again, it's such a low impact to me, but this means so much to the people that I give it to, and that's what makes me happy. That's really cool. Yeah. So. For those out there wondering, maybe in a similar position that looking to do something like you do, the YouTube revenue of the behind the scenes stuff compared to the commercial work that you do compared to prints, what would you say is the the biggest breadwinner for you or the thing that really helps you keep doing what you love the most? Yeah, without a doubt, it's the commercial work. And we, we're lucky also that we get to piggyback off the commercial stuff, right? So if, let's say... Toyota or somebody were to hire us to take us to Europe or Japan or this, that, and the other on the side, since we're there already, we're able to create this content that we love. And, you know, sometimes it could be something where it makes sense for the partner, right? So like, let's say if it's a tire company and they uh, hire us to, um, or maybe not a tire company, but let's, let's say it's a auto manufacturer. Yep. Or, or, or even like a suspension company or whatever. They, excuse me, they hire us to um, go somewhere and they're like, hey, we need you to feature this car and make it like a grand fashion, like really go all out and make this thing look good. Well, because it's a cool car to us also, hey, maybe we can double dip, triple dip, and we can um, sell it to um, a magazine or we can sell it to an outlet. And then on top of that, we can use it for our YouTube content. And that just gives us that credibility. You know, we, we believe in our work. We believe in the partners that we promote. We believe in the people that we work with. And so then it's like we're, we're really putting our money where our mouth is. So to someone that, you know, doesn't do any commercial work and say is maybe trapped in the, the grassroots world of drifting or any sort of motorsport, what would be your your biggest piece of advice to them to get their foot in the door for these bigger gigs? Yeah, I think so much of it is just you, you just have to prove yourself, you know, because they're not hiring me because they're expecting, how should I put this? Okay, I think, I think at least a lot of these companies, especially OE manufacturers, they hire me because they understand at the end of the day, there's going to be that consistency. I'm going to be able to, um, no matter, come hell or high water, I'm going to deliver something, you know, and that thing that I'm going to deliver will help their brand and will help them sell cars or tires or wheels or whatever. Uh, with that said, I just have to constantly prove myself, you know, and you have to be outstanding. There's so much noise. There's so many people out there. And this is the same thing with drivers, you know, drivers, content creators, um, YouTubers. There's just so much noise. So you have to be outstanding and you have to just do your thing and do it well. And, you know, people will take notice. That's really cool. I think that's going to help a lot of people out there. So yeah. before we wrap out, one last thing, mm -hmm. one just general piece of advice you can give anyone out there wanting to do anything that you do, comes up to you at the track, says, hey, what do I... Give me advice. Yeah. One thing to end this with. Show up early, stay late. There you go. Right. Well, you showed up early here at the compound and we're, you know, it's probably what, 
eight o'clock at night. We're about to head, go get some food, go downtown Orlando, shoot some cars. And I appreciate you setting some time aside to be able to chat with me and be on here. It's an honor. Yeah, let's do it. Can't wait. Sweet. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And you can find more about Larry Chen uh, in the description below. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>